Amen, amen. Uh, tonight, I thought about uh, preaching a message I had done on liberty, and uh, pastor pretty well covered all that this morning, and I looked at my notes, and I looked at it again, and I said, I really don't think, I think we lined up a little too much, so I don't want to repeat a whole bunch of stuff, so I'm doing something entirely different, but I do want to say this, and uh, pastor mentioned something about it this morning, actually. Uh, and he mentioned the, the song we sang, the Star Spangled Banner, and the memory of it, and people don't remember, they don't know it, they don't understand it. Um, and the one thing I do want to say about it is I think we, we sing the first verse, you know, sporting events and all sorts of things. Uh, the third verse is the part that really is, is, is lost, and uh, that's the reason we're in a mess. Uh, Oh, thus be it ever when free men shall stand between their loved homes in the war's desolation, blessed with victory and peace, may the heaven-rescued land praise the power that hath made and preserved us a nation. Then conquer we must when our cause it is just, and this be our motto, and God is our trust. And the star-spangled banner in triumph shall wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. Uh, America's lost that very greatly, and it saddens me. Um, but I will say, uh, grab your Bibles and turn over to Second Samuel chapter 5. I will say this, uh, can God do a national revival? Absolutely, I don't want to discount him. Uh, I'd, hate, I'd hate to discount him and be the reason that it doesn't happen. Uh, do I see it happening? No, I don't see it happening. Uh, but the sad reality of why I don't see it happening is not because of him. It is more because of us. And uh, because of the church, you can go, well, it's the timing of the Lord. Well, I'm not a Calvinist. Uh, the problem is I'm not a Calvinist. <laughs> Which means God's hand can be moved by the effectual fervent prayer of righteous men you say, how do you know that? Because Moses moved his hand, and he turned judgment into, into blessing. And so you say, well, that was Moses. Okay, well, Moses was the friend of God, and uh, he spoke to the Lord face to face as a man speaketh with his friends, and isn't that supposed to be your standing? So anyways, uh, you say, why do you say all that? I, I'm, I'm leading it over to my message, I promise. Uh, 2 Samuel chapter 5, and uh, verse number 17 they have now made David king, and that's going to be mentioned, 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 17. But when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines came up to seek David, and David heard of it, and went down to the hold. The Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver them into mine hand? And the Lord said unto David, Go up. For I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thine hand. And David came to Baal-perazim, and David smote them there, and said, The Lord hath broken forth upon thine en mine enemies before me as the breach of waters. Therefore he called the name of that place Baal-perazim. And there, left, uh, there they left their images, and David and his men burned them. And the Philistines came up yet again and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, Thou shalt not go up. But fetch a compass behind them, 
and come uh, upon them over against the mulberry trees, and let it be when thou hearest the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees, that then thou shalt bestir thyself, for then shall the Lord go out before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord had commanded him, and smote the Philistines from Geba until thou come to Gezer. Uh, and so here's David, he's become king, the Philistines hear about it, right? You were just reading it. And uh, two battles ensue almost immediately, back to back. Uh, the first, the, David inquires of the Lord, hey, do I go and I fight? And will you, will you give me a victory? If I go and I fight, are you going to give me a victory? And the Lord says, yeah, go kill him. And so David does exactly what the Lord told him to do. Yep, I'm going to go and I'm going to kill him. Then... They do the same scenario, right? Valley of Rephaim, same play. They're getting ready in the same valley. They're getting ready. Everybody's getting, they're gathering, and they're going to have another fight. And David says, do I go up and fight him again? And the Lord says, no. Now, first of all, I want to say that in way of introduction here, uh, recognize in the fight just because the situation looks the same doesn't mean you're going to do the same thing. In spiritual warfare, you do not just go, well, Lord, I asked you last time, this is what you said, I'm going to do that again. David would have gone into a battle he wasn't supposed to go into. He would have gotten himself into a place where he probably would have faced defeat because he didn't inquire of the Lord. And he would have gone in before the Lord was ready to fight for him. Say, well, why did it work the first time? Because the Lord told him to go the first time. Now, the second time, he says, don't go. Instead, I want you to go and get around them and get, get behind them, and you're going to go over, and there's going to be some myrtle trees there. Park the horses there and wait. And as you wait there, uh, you're going to wait for the tops of the trees to start moving, making some noise. The wind's going to blow. And when that happens, no, the Lord's passing in front of you. Go, go behind Him. <laughs> Follow Him. And it's ready to go. And as we look at the Scriptures, you know and I know, it's pretty easy to see, right? Uh, you know, John chapter, uh, chapter 3 and verse 8, the, or 13 and verse 8, right? The wind bloweth where it listeth, so are they, such are they, or with the Spirit of God, right? Uh, born of the Spirit. And so... You say, what's the Spirit likened to? The Holy Spirit's likened to wind. Acts chapter 2 and verse, chapter, verse number 2, right? The wind comes through, the mighty rushing wind. It's as a mighty rushing wind as it comes in. It's the Holy Spirit that shows up. Uh, over and over again, you can see the wind throughout Scripture, the air, that movement of God as He comes in. And uh, sometimes He comes in as judgment, and sometimes He come in, comes in to rescue, and sometimes He comes, but it's the Lord's presence. And he says to David here, he goes, hey, look, uh, ask me, <laughs> I'll tell you which one you should do. And David asks, and the first time he says, hey, go. And David goes, and he gets his victory. Second time, David goes, all right, are we doing the same thing? And the Lord says, no, we're not doing the same thing. You're going to wait for me to give you the signal. Give you the all clear, we're going to do it on my time, all right? I say, what does this have to do with anything you said before? I think the reason that... Uh, you and I and the church as a whole, not our church, but the body of Christ as a whole, has caused some problem is because either one, we weren't willing to wait and we rushed into battles we weren't supposed to be in, or we weren't ready when the wind blew. 
So the question tonight is going to be, are you ready and waiting? Are you ready and waiting? Oftentimes we get caught off guard because we weren't ready. We were waiting. Well, the Lord said it wasn't today, so we're just going to wait. But we aren't paying enough attention to the tops of the trees to figure out that he's actually doing anything. We get to lull ourselves to sleep. And that's why Paul has to tell them in Ephesians to awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee light. Uh, he's talking to the church to fall asleep. <laughs> because they're not ready. Oh, they're waiting. They're waiting for something. Well, I mean, the Lord's going to show up. Why should we do anything more? Uh, yeah, there it is. That's the problem. Uh, you're ready to wait, but you're not waiting ready. Ready to do something. Uh, we got the Bible handouts, and we did a lot of waiting at the Bible handouts, right? Uh, you waited. You said you waited until what? Until somebody showed up. But when somebody showed up, we knew we were supposed to be ready to hurry up, get over there, get them a Bible, start talking. See, we'd put ourselves in the right mindset of being ready in waiting. And we're waiting, but we're ready to do some things. And tonight, I just want to, just six things. <laughs> you know how that goes. Uh, I'll take pastors 15. I'm going to take back my five from Brother Andrew. I'm going to, uh, we're just going to keep tacking it on. Uh, no, I, I don't think, these aren't taking a whole lot of explanation, okay? These are pretty self-explanatory things. I don't think I need to cover 20 minutes per point here on, on these things. These are things we know we're supposed to be ready to do. We just have gotten out of the mindset of being ready to do them. Uh, and this is just a reminder tonight that, you know, there are things that you ought to be ready to do at all times, waiting for the Lord to give you the opportunity to do them. We're looking for the opportunity, right? We talk about how many times have we gotten to the place where we, we knew the Lord wanted us to do something, we're waiting for it, and we got a little lazy, we got a little lax, we weren't paying enough attention, it happened, and then we go, oh man, I missed it. <laughs> so what happened to us? We were not ready in waiting, we were just waiting now. And God forbid we stay in that case. So let's have a word of prayer, and we'll, we'll get these and... Uh, have communion tonight. So, Father, I do thank you for the night. and Oh, Lord, we thank you for the sacrifice that was made at Calvary. I love that song, How Can It Be? How Can It Be? Well, you are so, so amazing to us. You're a great God. And, Father, tonight I pray you would help us uh, to be ready to do what you ask of us, that the opportunities you give us would not would not be missed opportunities. We've got far too many missed opportunities. And so, Father, help us tonight to recognize it and to put some things in place so that we stay ready. And, Father, we pray you'd bless the night. And even so, come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Uh, look over at Titus. Titus chapter 2. We'll get right in. Titus chapter 2. I'm sorry, Titus chapter 3. Don't go to Titus chapter 2. Go to Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3, verse number 1. Put them in mind, talking about people, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, 
to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. Uh, you say, what do we ought to be ready for? You ought to be ready for good works. You ought to be ready to do good things. He's talking about the magistrates and all the terrible people that are above us, right? And we gotta, we're supposed to obey them and we're supposed to do all the things we're supposed to do. You say, why do we have to do all those things? Why? Because it's good. Now we know, and, and you can go, and I've already talked about it plenty, and you could get into all the, all the things if you want to go and start parsing things up. But the truth is, Acts chapter 5 was not written about uh, wearing, you know, doing all the weird things that they wanted us to do over the last two years. When it stops you from preaching the gospel, then you can start, start hollering and we ought to obey God rather than men, all right? Uh, till, you, till, you can, till you can sort all that out. But I don't want to get into that tonight. That's not what I'm talking about anyways. Uh, how, about, how about this? To speak evil to no, of no man, to be no brawlers but gentle. <laughs> Showing all meekness unto all men. Uh, I don't even have to worry about the first verse. Just worry about the second verse. How about, how about we quit talking bad about everybody? Uh, just for a point, uh, you realize that the thing that is supposed to set you apart from the world is that you don't act like the world? So why are you such a bad mouth to everybody around you? I had a guy that I, that I worked uh, semi-closely with, uh, and he was in, you know, the same department at the time, and he liked to slander people. Saved guy. He'd slander people to do what? To get ahead at the job. I hated that. Uh, and not just because he slandered me, but he did. <laughs> Say, what is that? That's dishonest. That makes you just like the world. Doesn't that the world does? Slander everybody around, pick, nitpick everything, try and put you in a bad place so that you look bad and you look terrible. You know what you have? You end up with... You looking just like the world. The Lord made you better than that. He did a whole lot better than that for you. And you ought to do good unto all men. Shouldn't be slandering people and evil speaking of them. Not picking a fight and brawling with people. Being gentle instead and showing all meekness unto all men. How about you humble yourselves? Let each esteem other better than themselves. Say, what is that? In meekness. That's humility. Yeah, you don't know what they did. Well, yeah, that's why you're bad talking them. <laughs> uh, by the way, that last one takes care of all the ones before it. When you're meek, you're not going to brawl. Only by pride cometh contention. When you're meek, you'll be gentle. When you're meek, you won't be speaking evil. When you're meek, by the way, you'll be ready to do every good work. Because you'll be looking for the cares of others. I think we can go back to Corinthians chapter 13. Charity suffereth long, it is kind. Our problem is we have decided we don't need to be ready for every good work. Instead, we ought to be ready to defend everything we want. Most of all ourselves. Well, I don't want to talk about this anymore. So 1 Timothy chapter 6. It gets exciting at the end, okay? The early part's the beat up, all right? The end, will, I promise, it gets better, all right? It gets better. I want to slide this in. I'm gonna, I'm... 
slide something in here. Uh, you realize Abraham, Abraham in Hebrews chapter 11, everything that Abraham is listed as doing, you, you look at what he has done, and every time it is a way to find out how God was right as opposed to how God has slighted him. Well, when he didn't find a country here, he, it, well, then it must be a heavenly country. <laughs> it must be a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God, because he made me a promise, so God's got to be right. Uh, he counted God faithful in that he'd raise Isaac even from the dead. Every time, you know what he was doing? Well, how could God be right? Sadly, you slander God, too. Okay, now I'll move on. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Verse number 17, he says, Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. Ready, he says, ready to distribute. So ready to give. He's talking about giving. Ready to give. I don't have to cover a whole lot in this church. Uh, this is a giving church. I'm not, I'm not worried. But uh, when the time comes up, you ought to be ready. Uh, ready that the Lord could say, hey, I want you to put that in. Uh, we'll get around a missions conference at the end of the year, and, and we'll be there, and we'll be praying, and Lord willing, you'll be praying about, well, what's the Lord going to tell me to give, and what's He going to want? You ought to be ready to go, okay, yep, that's what I'll do. Lord, you told me that. That's what I'll do. I see the tops of the trees moving. Okay, that's what I'll give. Uh, you know, the preacher comes in. We had Brother Netterville in. The Lord, the Lord blessed the, the whole time. The Lord opened things up. It was a fantastic time. Uh, we said, hey, we, need, we saw the trees move, and we went, let's support him. <laughs> uh, the church as a whole said, hey, we can see that. We can give to help him do what he's doing. That's a good thing uh, in our own country. <laughs> I'm all for world missions. Amen, Brother Jeff. But... Uh, we need some help around here sometimes. And he's doing some things in, in the States that'll, that'll help see some people come to the Savior, maybe get them into a good church and maybe keep them and maybe do some things that'll turn some things around. He is ready to do that. We were ready to help him. Is there anywhere you could help somebody? Give them some help? We're in some perilous times. I, I don't see us getting it better. There may come a time where you go, well, maybe I could give so that somebody else could have their need met. Oh, well, I don't have a lot. Who does? <laughs> you know what I like? I preached on this a little while ago, right? Uh, Peter comes up, you know, and he's walking in. and The guy's sitting there at the gate that is called beautiful. He goes, hey, you got anything for me? <laughs> Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I unto thee. He was willing to give him something. We'll get to some more of that here in just a minute. Uh, but ready to give, ready to communicate, ready to do those things. Uh, you see a need, would you be willing to meet it? Monetarily, but also maybe physically. You see a brother overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such and one in a spirit. Would you be willing to give help that way? Would you be willing, willing to reach, willing to help, willing to aid? That'd be falling under ready for good works as well. Ready to give some help to people? This world is in a mess. Uh, you realize the first, I believe it was the first lady that got saved 
when Brother Nutterville was here. Uh, I, was standing, I was standing close by. I wanted to see what he did. <laughs> uh, let me just slide just another thing, you know, because I have to do that now. Um, it's good. If you don't, if you aren't, you don't know everything about everything. Uh, and so, you know what I did? I listened to him as he talked to her as much as I could. Uh, you know, I had other things. I was, I was, I got to talk to somebody, I believe a little bit at the same time he did. I uh, was talking to her and dealing with her. But I'm listening. And one of the first things, she looked like she was just, he, he asked her one question. He said, uh, why do you need a, you know, why are you coming over to get a Bible? She said, well, I'm going through some stuff. And you know what he said? He said, you don't have to tell me what you're going through, but could I just pray for you right now? Say, is that why that woman got saved? I don't know. <laughs> Certainly didn't hurt. <laughs> Say, why? Somebody cared. To what? To give her some help. So well, that wasn't a whole lot. That was more than she could do. What do you mean? Her prayers weren't reaching God. Lost woman. Her you, don't know, you don't know if the Lord's going to answer anything there. But Brother Netterville, well, he could step in. Say, so just doing what? Just trying to give somebody some help. Give him some help. So I don't have a lot of money. Don't have to have a lot of money. Just go ahead and help somebody out. Acts chapter 20. I said I wasn't going to be long. Number three, Acts chapter 20. Very simple, very basic. Are you ready and willing? Are you in waiting? But are you ready? Are you ready and waiting? We, we want opportunities. We look for opportunities. We say we look. But are we ready? Acts chapter 20 and verse number 7. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow. And continued his speech until midnight. Of course, we know what happened but, uh, with Eutychus. But uh, Paul was ready. He was ready to go. He was ready to go abroad. He was ready to go wherever the Lord wanted him to go. Would you be willing to go anywhere the Lord asked you to go? Paul's ready. He's ready to depart on the morrow. You know, uh, the Lord kind of uh, made some things difficult on me, as He does, just testing out a servant. I don't know how many... Was it ten years ago now? Uh, I was praying. I almost left. I almost went. I almost went to Hunters Creek. I almost went to Holland. Uh, say what happened? I didn't go. <laughs> uh, you say, well, what was that all about? I think the Lord just wanted to know if I would go. If He asked me, would I leave? I say, well, that couldn't possibly. I think that's what the Lord was trying to do for me. Just make sure I knew that if he was in control, I would trust him. Would you be willing to go? Knowing he's in control. We watch him over and over again. We watch him do it for other people. We watch, and you go, well, the Lord wouldn't do that for me. Yeah, he would. If he asked you, he'll, he'll take care of it. Would you be willing to go if he asked? We have missionaries out of this church, but I, I think we could have some more. We could have some more.
So I don't really, I don't really like where, we're, you know, I, I don't like that country. I don't like that place. I don't know why the Lord, okay. I don't know how much Brother Jeff likes Kiwis, but he loves them now. I don't know how much he liked them when he left the first time. You know the Suttons. I don't know who in the world wants to go to Point Hope, Alaska. I say, praise the Lord, you called them. Thank you. Who's going to fill their shoes? Hopefully not me. Um, and why? Would you be willing to go? Paul was. He was ready to depart on the morrow. If the Lord asked you to go tomorrow, would you go? If he asked you to prepare for tomorrow, would you be, would you be willing? Paul's ready to go. We'll go over to Romans chapter 1. I tried, I tried to decide. I mixed this, the order of these around like 20 times, all right? So uh, if you don't like the order, feel free. Switch them around whatever way you like. But Romans chapter 1, look at verse 15. You know where I'm going. Oh, verse 14, I like it. I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as, me, as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you there at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Uh, Paul says, hey, I'm ready, to, I'm ready to give the gospel to someone. I'm ready to preach. I'm ready, I'm ready to tell somebody else. I'll tell you this, if you're not willing to go, you're not willing to preach. If you're not willing to preach, then you're not willing to go. Would you be willing, would you be willing to be a witness? How many times have we gone through our day and those moments and the opening was there and about three seconds after the door closed, we went, how did I miss that? You been there? I, I, I've been there. I've been there. I don't know what you're, you didn't pay attention at all. That's what happened to you. Uh, right? We got past that doorway with the door closed and we went, oh, huh. that was my shot. Well, yeah, but how much of a difference could that moment have, could have made all the difference? You were waiting, but you weren't ready. You, you weren't the guy that was standing there in the battle who draws his bow back and shoots an arrow off at a venture. Well, I don't know if it'll work, but I guess I'll shoot one off. <laughs> Unwilling to take the shot. Not ready. Not ready. The missed opportunities that you and I have missed over and over and over again, because sadly we do it over and over and over again, those missed opportunities, you know what they amount to? They could amount to the difference in why our country is where it is. You miss enough shots, then the other army is winning. In battle, we're in a battle. You don't take the shot, they'll take the shot. 
And I wonder if maybe we wouldn't be in such a mess if we were ready to give the gospel. Oh, I'm just waiting for the right opportunity. You're waiting so long that your gun's rusted. <laughs> your sword's all seized up in the sheath and you can't pull it out. I like Brother Netterville when he, when he said, you know what we get to do? We get to just be aggressive. Uh, Christians are far too timid. We get timid in our witness and we don't give the gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. That's why Paul wasn't ashamed of it. Maybe you're not ready because you're just ashamed of it. Maybe you're ashamed of it because you don't know it as well as you ought to. Maybe you're ashamed of it because you just, you've never done it before, so you don't know what to do. And How about you just ask somebody, go, hey, I've never done this before. You want to come with me? Can you help me? Can I go with you somewhere and we'll just go talk to some people? We have some amazing soul winners in this church. They talk to everybody. And, and some of them, you wouldn't even know. They're quiet, they, they, and now they, but when you put them in that situation, they know how to talk. They know how to get the conversation going. They know how to, and I'm not talking about me and Pastor and James and, I'm, we got plenty of others. If you'd be willing, maybe they teach you how to be ready. Say, uh, are you always ready? No, that's why I'm preaching it. <laughs> I've had my share of misses. I think we all have our share of regrets. But could you imagine if we take the shot? What could it be like? 1 Peter chapter 3. Pastor knew I was going here eventually. 1 Peter chapter 3. I think you probably had it marked by now. You didn't know I was going here. Uh, I'm amazed. First uh, Peter chapter three, verse number fifteen. Well, we'll get the whole sentence. Uh, verse number, uh, uh, verse number fourteen. He says, "But if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of the, their terror. Neither be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready." Always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you, as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better, if the will of God be so, that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. He says, hey, uh, you better be ready to give an answer. Give an answer. Now, that's more than just being a witness. Now you're getting questioned. That's more than I'm going to give you the gospel. Now, this is why do you do what you do? I have a whole series I've been working on. I slowly piece another one on, and I preach another one. And uh, eventually, it's going to be big enough. I'll preach it as a series somewhere. Uh, if I get asked to do something, I'll probably, I've actually used it as a series in New Hampshire. I've used pieces of it and up at Malone and, and a couple places. And it's the importance of, you've heard me talk about, right, the importance of the Bible and the importance of church and the importance of prayer, the importance of witnessing, the importance of Sunday school, the importance of music. The import, why are all these things, why do we do what we do with all these things? Because the sad reality is most people have no idea why they do it because pastor said it. Because uh, it's what we do. <laughs> okay, that's what the lost world says. You deal with the lost world, you know what you get into? Uh, well, why do you do that? I don't know. I just always done it that way. Well, 
Why do you go to church on Sunday? I don't know. I just always go to church on Sunday. That's, that's when we meet. I mean, that's pastor set the schedule. And so, you know, 9.30 Sunday school, and that's why I go. Okay. Well, that's not the answer of the hope that lieth within you. Why do you think Jesus is coming? How do you know you're going to heaven? What do you mean you can know that you're going to heaven? Nobody can know that. Isn't that what the world says? Aren't you supposed to have an answer for those questions? Ready to give an answer? Sadly, people don't want to give an answer because they don't want to be accountable for the answers. They don't want to have to take responsibility that they would have to know anything, for one. And then for two, they don't want to take responsibility of actually giving somebody the answer and then being accountable to live up to what they just said. Well, if I witness to them and I give them the gospel, then I've got to live up to being a Christian. Well, yeah, but if I have to keep answering and why I do those things, when I don't do those things, now I'm in trouble. Because the world will call me out on my inconsistencies. Okay, well, <laughs> jump back to point number one. How about you do good works? And let not your good be evil spoken of. And if they do go against you for righteousness' sake, then don't worry about it. Yea, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Well, I don't like persecution. Nobody likes persecution. That's why it's persecution. Nobody likes it. But if you're living godly, you probably will. That's the promise. The promise is you will. 2 Timothy chapter 4. You said this was supposed to get better. Don't worry, it is right here. This is it. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Of course, it's only it if you're ready. If you're not ready, none of this matters anyways. All these things are good things. You realize if we were ready to do all these things, none of this matters. Like I could preach this and you'd just be like, amen, yeah, that's right, I'd do that. <laughs> our problem is we're not ready. We're waiting for these great moments in our life. We go, oh, I'm just waiting for what? The, the fish to jump in your boat? I'm waiting for what? A million dollars to fall from the sky and land on top of you? Like what are you waiting for? I'm just waiting for the Lord to give me these blessings and then I'll go. Well, I'm just waiting to learn enough stuff before I go. Let, let's face it. Uh, I, went, I went to college three years, Bible Institute. I get done. I graduate. I come here. If you would like to listen to my first Sunday school lesson, I'm sure Brother Joe has it somewhere. And it is awful. And then you listen to my second one and it's probably worse. And now I teach Sunday school every week for I don't know how long, since I've been back. So I don't know, it's been a long time. Uh, and it is, yeah, I mean, at least as long as Job, um, which is finished, praise the Lord. Um, if you missed Sunday school this morning, you missed the end of Job. Uh, I think I got a double portion just, or you did, you probably got the double portion for enduring. He that endureth to the end the same. Anyways, um, you say, what do I want? Well, I want all these things to fall on me and make it happen for me. No, you're ready 
to jump in where He wants you to jump in. You're ready to play the moment He wants you to strike the chord. You're ready to get into the fight because you're waiting, ready to say what you need to say or do what He asked you to do. All you're doing is looking up at the treetops waiting for Him to move. But you quit looking at the treetops because you quit looking up. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 6, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Uh, are you ready to go home? Just ready to go home? Ready to be done. The fight's over with. Let's go home. Until that trumpet sounds, you and I, we're supposed to be ready for the first five. So that we're ready for the, for the fifth, for the sixth one. He fought a good fight. He finished his course. So what was he doing? Oh, he was doing the good works. He was giving help. He was going abroad. He was given the gospel. He was given an answer of the hope that lied within him so that when the blessed hope showed up, he was ready to go. When the time of his departure was at hand, he was ready to be offered. I'm okay. Why? Because I know me and the Lord are on the same page. I finished. I completed it. I may not have gotten every step right. We know Paul didn't get every step right. But he goes, I made it to the end. It's still me and him. I'm still looking. He promised me he's coming back. I'm still looking. He promised me that if I just keep looking up, you know what you'll find? You'll find when the trees move. They're under the trees looking up. When are the tops of the trees going to start moving? We'll just wait here. Everybody ready? Yeah. Everybody got, everybody got their armor still? Okay. Everybody still ready to fight? Okay. Oh, saw a tree move. Saw a tree move. Time to do what he asked me to do. Or, oh, saw a tree move, and there's a trumpet. I get to go home, waiting for the trees to move. Waiting for the Lord to give me the signal to go. Tonight, maybe you've been waiting. I don't know what you're waiting for. Sad truth is, we don't wait for the trees to move. We wait till we want to move. And we miss the opportunities He gives us to do what He asked us to do. I think the missed opportunities are costing us greatly. Personally, as well as an entire world. They're missing out because Christians are missing the opportunities we have to do what we ought to do. Because we're not paying attention to the trees. We're not paying attention to that wind blowing through and the Lord giving us our leadership. Instead, we are so consumed, and instead of a world being blinded by the devil, you get distracted by everything he does. I'm going to end with this thought. 
Brother Andrew, you can come. We're going to sing an invitation here in just a minute. We've gone through all sorts of craziness in the last couple of years. And I think all that has done is make it so that you and I are less ready as we wait. Well, are they going to think that I'm weird? And, well, I don't want to approach anybody and tell them. Well, I'd hate to, in, you know, it made us less ready. And now, we're not ready at all. We're not ready to reach to a lost world. Instead, we've walled ourselves back because we go, well, they wanted us to wall ourselves back. The world always wanted you to wall yourself back. They didn't want you near. They wanted you to stay over there and do whatever you want to do. And uh, when we want you, we'll come get you. Maybe you're waiting. But you're just not ready. We're going to have communion here in a minute. Maybe you need to talk to the Lord before we get there. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've been missing opportunities and I know it. I know I'm missing them. I know it and I don't want to do it. Help me to be ready. Help me to be paying attention. Help me to wake up and look up at the trees and realize when they move, I need to move. When they move, I need, I have a responsibility to do the part you asked me to do. When the trees move, I can move. But if you're not paying attention to the trees, you're never going to move. If you're not in the Word of God, if you're not praying, if you're not staying close to Him and you're not recognizing that He's telling you to move, you're never going to move. You're going to stay there and nothing will be accomplished. At least not for His glory. And you'll end the same way that you've been living in a place where you got nothing done and all you're doing is regretting your missed opportunities. Let's try to cut down on the missed opportunities tonight. Let's go ahead and stand. If you're in here tonight and you're not saved, I didn't preach to lost folks but you got an opportunity tonight that you shouldn't miss. A whole room full of people here, most of which, if not all, are saved. They know they're going to heaven for all of eternity. You can know the exact same thing. Don't miss this opportunity to come and let us open up a Bible and show you out of the Word of God how you can know you have eternal life. Know your sins are forgiven forever. If you need that question answered tonight, we'll gladly do that. Christian, maybe you just need some help tonight. Staying ready. You're doing a good job waiting for him, but now you're falling asleep on the job. Let's be ready. Father, I thank you for the time. I pray you'd bless in Jesus' name.